Good evening, everyone, and everyone listening. This is Connie Lingus here with. You can't hear anything because he had to bleep out my name for this week. It's that explicit. Also known as Peter. Here for another edition of 89.1 Aka WNYU's very own category is Tricast Extravaganza. On this week's episode, we are talking the finale of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. And then afterwards, we're doing a little bit of a drag event spotlight with Sugarcane's recent solo show, Sugarcane Sweet Dreams. Plus some comments that she made during the show. That, that's going to be important. Very scandalous. But before we get to that, let's talk the episode. I I jotted down my opinions on the best man worst outfits of the queens that came out. I included our top four, but we're count at, in this list this is only like what they came out with right, after their Maori intros. Right. Which those intros by the way were remarkably strange and kind of awful. I hope they do it again. It was really <laughs> odd. Yeah. I I can't really say much else. It was really weird seeing Akira with uh, dreadlocks. Or and but that's another story. And and Brooke with a certain type of haircut is not as cute as Brooke in every other context. Mm-hmm. Vanjie, you could do better. My best. Uh, I think Soju looked pretty good in the red dress, like elegant. I didn't check. Did she have heels? Yes, she did, she and they did. were not okay. baby heels. So I, the heels were enough to push me towards the best category. Uh, Honey's beehive dress was clever, and she could aesthetic. have been so good. Exactly. If she would not have yeeted off the stage, she would have. I think could have made it pretty far. I, I, they need to bring her back. They need to bring quite a few queens back from this season, honestly. But. So, someone else that they need to bring back, who also had an elegant outfit, was Scarlet. Her makeup was on point. I think of she like, was bringing back the same floating um, corset that she kind of had in the first episode. I noticed, but it, but like it looked so much more expensive. It I did. Feel. It was like the elegance that I know Scarlet could put all pull off that made me very happy. Uh, plastique. Keeps on impressing with these looks after getting eliminated. I, yeah, couldn't you have brought these before you got kicked off? Just saying. I guess she got that drag race money in between. So I guess so. But her like white swan esh peacock esque gown was phenomenal. Uh, my think my favorite dress of them all was uh Shiga's like. Juan Diego. Uh, I wasn't dress. as much of a fan. Uh, she like. It's such a good reveal, though. No, I didn't really enjoy it that no, much. I mean, like, it, look, I didn't culturally think it was bad. Ri- it's culturally rich too. Okay, well, I don't know. I didn't enjoy it aesthetically as much as some of the others. Not to say that it was bad. It just wasn't in my favorites. It was in my favorites. Uh, on the best, though, admittedly, I'll lean this towards a man a little bit. Evie's tendon dress, like. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say other than, wow, it's a tendon dress. Mm-hmm. Meh. Mercedes was just in a classic boring red dress. Raja was kind of in a 
black velvet dress and wig. That was. It wasn't that much of anything. Yeah, Nina's conceptually was cool, but the the execution was. What was Nina for those was, like me who forget? It was like the red dress towards the front with like the weird white things. Oh that yeah, came out, and I then remember. She turned now. around with the gold, like almost clear. Yeah, I got the concept, but it. Yeah, I think Akira's black swan-looking thing is just very Akira, and it was well done. But it also feels like just another look that I've seen from her, to be honest. And it also reminded me a little bit of like Cameron Michaels or. Eureka's like black feathered evil mistress look and then finally uh Brooks Elsa looking dress it kind of looked like something she had on before to be honest it was okay the worst uh Kahana's bulky wings I liked Kahana actually they were so bulky they looked they were awkward bulky. and clunky and I still liked it I I thought that everything came together pretty well even though it was bulky i thought that just the way she wore it and the colors that she used i thought that it was good uh ariel looked like trixie mattel again <laughs> well ariel like has the same look every time she has not changed that's true and um, love it or hate it ariel's ariel vanji's cheetah bodysuit vanji was nothing i was <laughs> disappointed i was like hey let's get something Let's get something crazy for Vanji, and it wasn't really anything. Yeah, like the outfit. That I she, didn't like the hair. Yeah, th- like the outfit that she had on for like her people on the street thing was better looking than her actual outfit. But yeah, it was okay. And then Silky, I I, re- I described it as crunk grandma, but I don't know. That's quite the description. <laughs> Yeah, she kind of just looked like a crunk grandma that I would have would have seen growing up back in Hialeah, I guess. So it was it was I it it wasn't that great. So yeah, those were the looks. I don't think I left out anyone, and if I did, it's a testament to how indifferent I was <laughs> about their look. It was cool that RuPaul had Christine and the Queens perform. You had RuPaul. You were talking last week about how you wanted RuPaul to acknowledge her role in things a little bit and i think she did that this episode so you can be satisfied now that's true and i feel like she did a good job of introducing the world to more like queer acts with having christine and the queens perform so see that walk I, th- I thought it was like oh look like rupaul has indie cred now and not only indie cred queer indie cred which is the best Vanjie out there proving that she was the MVP Vanjie of the season. Was she was very briefly crowned the winner of the season, you know? Yeah, verbally. And, you know, I don't know. A lot of people were a fan of that idea. Not me, because I, I wouldn't have wanted that as an actual ending, but as like a joke ending. So before we talk about the lip syncs, miscongeniality with the most predictable miscongeniality they could have ever picked. It was so predictable. I mean... But I'm not gonna complain. I'm not gonna complain. I think it's it's predictable in like the good way, and that yeah. like Nina was such a sweetie, and Monet looked great. You know, in retrospect, I don't really remember much of the last season, but Aquaria wasn't that much. You know, Aquaria she was the, just there, but I don't really remember anything from her. And she comes out in this outfit, this outfit that was insane. The colors on that, the bird, yet yeah, the feathers. It's like when Aquaria was teasing, "There's gonna be a phoenix rising." I. My theory is that she just gave the outfit to Aquaria after that because she did not she did not do any Phoenix. 
nothing at all. Let's talk about the lip syncs. P.S. Evie's dad is hot. First lip sync. Bootylicious. Silky versus Brooke. I don't know why Silky picked Brooke. Why didn't Silky choose Akira? I feel I guess I could understand because they were like friends. So they didn't want to ruin that. But I feel like in terms of competency. Did she know that she didn't know that she was going to get bootylicious? No. Before she, she picked her partner. She, she No, she did not. She knew it was going to be one of two, so right. maybe perhaps she guessed, like, there's a chance I'm going to get a bootylicious. I don't want to go against Akira. But at the same time, if Akira's lip sync goes to show, um, Silky could have won. Actually, even then, that's a little questionable, because Silky had just way too many reveals. and You know, I don't know if Silky was that bad, this lip sync. She seemed to be enjoying herself, and... I mean, I couldn't really tell you if she did anything impressive because the camera was never on her. Yeah, I, I agree on that. Like, I, I feel like if anything, it only ever showed the worst of her lip sync. Like, whenever she was, like, flopping right. around. I actually like that one part where she flopped on the floor and kind of bounced a little. That was good. Yeah. Uh, I liked that. I don't know if it was intended to look like that or not, but it was a good look. I enjoyed it. Yeah, and, like, Brooke won this lip sync based on what I can see. But she didn't win it by miles. Yeah. She just won it. I, I agree. And like that on point reveal was weird. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, I, it was interesting, but I've seen Brooke do it so many times before yeah, we that it's it. like, okay, you can stand on your toes. You're a ballerina. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was, it was decent. I'm not, it's, it's not a lip sync I'm going to go back to ever. Mm-hmm. Second lip sync that I'm not going to go back to ever either for an assortment of reasons is SOS uh, Akira versus Evie. It's a great song to lip sync to, I think. I think all the songs they chose were actually yeah. really good. Whether or not they lived up to their potential is a different story. With this one... I don't know if I enjoyed this lip sync very much at all. I think that based on what I saw from the camera, Evie won, but Be- she didn't win by miles. Yeah. And I also didn't see much of Akira. Yeah. I Like, I think my problems with this lip sync were, one, both of their outfits were kind of awful. Evie's outfit was like, I get, I got the conception, but I don't know how she would have done that outfit for Bootylicious, for example. I don't know how she tried to do it on this, but I didn't really enjoy that outfit. It's an example of Evie's uniqueness getting the best of yeah her. it was like maximalistic to the point it looked like she was wearing uggs and yeah you should never look like you're wearing uggs in any capacity it also ran the kind of formless risk you know yeah. you don't want to look formless yeah, and this I, came pretty close yeah i agree but i feel like the there's two reasons why evie won one because evie was good was destined to win <laughs> destined i.e produced to win uh two because Ikiria was doing a lot of word salad. Akira Yeah, I noticed that. Akira Sweetie, this is the last lip sync. How do you not know the words? You You, you have pressure. To, I guess. But literally it's called a lip sync. If you're not syncing, you're failing. <laughs> you are not living up to, to your job. Especially when this is a lip sync for your life. If that's what oh. you do to save your life, then I'd hate to see what you had to do in like an actual life or death situation. Nobody was a disaster, like unless the worst you call a disaster, like Silky's pointless reveals or Kiria's word salad. Edge of glory. Which okay. is 
inspired I song love choice. Edge of Glory. That's a great okay. song. It's one of my favorite Lady Gaga songs out there. It's a, it's a, it's an anthem. Uh, I feel like I might have a con- slightly controversial opinion on this lip sync, oh, ever so slightly, in that people talk about how it was like clearly Evie. It wasn't clearly Evie either. Yeah, like I I like I've read multiple people and heard from multiple people that like oh it wasn't even close. I I disagree. I think why people are talking this way is because their interpretations were well for two reasons one the camera work again two (laughs) the interpretations of their song were so different like one was more like a brooks was more fun energetic like embracing like the happiness that could be heard in the edge of edge of glory what during the very very extremely rare times in which we saw her i have to stress Brooke was in so little of this that when she was like in the shot where Evie was there, the camera would twist to try to get Brooke out of the shot. Yeah. And like people dock her for like, oh, it's more pointless ballet. I felt like she resorted more to the ballet and what we could see of the silky lip sync than now, she did in this. Supposedly, and this is from people who had watched the show live, they said that two important things about the lip sync. A that what Brooke did was pretty much her typical thing. She kind of like leapt around and did some acrobatics and it wasn't anything mind blowing or new, but it was still Brooke and it was still good. Mm -hmm. And Evie had some really good moments, but it was tough to see some of the gimmicks with the headpieces. And I'm going to talk about that for a moment because Evie's outfit is one of the best outfits I've seen this season period. Yes, I agree. That headpiece. I loved how the headpiece reflected her face. Also, it looked very Egyptian, and this might be a personal bias because my sister made a song about the Great Pyramid of Giza to the tune of Edge of Glory for school. That's cute. And I kind of associate the two things now, but it worked really well. And when she like leaned over and had that reverse mask, it also looked really cool. But apparently it wasn't that clear if you didn't have the camera. And also, Evie, like... She did have a very different interpretation. It was very dramatic. Yeah. But I don't know if it was, like, the best thing ever. I don't think that she necessarily won this lip sync by a landslide. And I feel so uncertain about who won this lip sync just because I'm wondering, what is the camera trying to hide? Whether they are hiding something or not, I'm left wondering that just because of how the camera was done. And that was such a recurring theme, this entire episode. Just the camera dictating the show we know that you can do a double camera you've done it during that six person lip sync and it was well done there bring it back but but then you can't then you can't produce the show then you can't instill the perspective that the producers want you to show as well i know i know that it messes with the production but i don't know if i care at this point i'm kind of asking myself a question at this point am i looking at a reality television show and expecting it to be american idol when i'm actually watching the bachelor when you watch the bachelor you look at the rose ceremony that's the dramatic moment when everybody gets the rose and you find out who stays and who goes and the producers have obviously scripted who's going to get the rose at the end and they've obviously informed the bachelor or bachelorette which people to save for the end and the person might not agree with that choice but it's obviously produced that way but you don't mind nobody minds because it's the bachelor it's not a talent show or at least certainly not by my standards, it's no talent show. Yeah. But I don't know. It's This feels like so much more than a 
reality television show. It also feels like a competition. You know, I feel like once that competition loses legitimacy, I don't know what to think anymore. I mean, I feel like we're, we, after Last All Stars, we're moving towards a trend of ruining the legitimacy of competition. Well, you know what? All Stars is All Stars. I can, we had the All Stars 1 issue. And people kind of forgot about that. People can forget about All-Stars 4 as well if they want. But this is a main season. Yeah. And to have it end like this where I'm sitting here wondering how justified is this winner, I really don't like that. Yeah. If we had just seen it both and had Rue just decide whatever on earth she wants, I would be more satisfied because at least I still remember that it comes down to what Rue decides. Yeah. But when the camera is just manipulating everything, and I can obviously tell that the camera is manipulating everything, I feel it doesn't feel right. This show is not The Bachelor, or at least I really don't want it to be. I I want it to have, like, reality elements while still being a competition. Yeah, I agree. And we could maybe reflect on this a little bit more. We will come back to that next week. For sure. Uh, Yeah, I I guess I don't really have anything to add other than it was really cool when she was spinning in a circle. Yes. That looked real cool. I'll also say this. During the beginning of the season, I didn't expect Evie to win. I expected her to get towards the end. I didn't expect her to win. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised that she did, or at least in the long run, pleasantly surprised. I suppose right before, it was pretty clear who was actually going to win. Yeah. But, well, it it might be fun to look back at our predictions for next week. And we certainly will. But, yeah, that was the finale. Love it or hate it. I'd recommend, uh, if if you are diehards of Drag Race, it's fun to see how uh, they upload on a VH1, like, uh, all four of the queens, like, watching the finale live together and just seeing Brooke staring at Evie and knowing, like, oh, Evie won this. It was, it was, it was cute and kind of endearing. And also, there's a clip of when... They did, like, a live showing of the finale at, like, Evie's local bar. And when she won, the place just went ape. It's 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 a fun video to watch. I'd recommend. But that's the finale. You know what, Brooke? You might have won if your name wasn't Brooklyn Heights. And instead, you just had a Canadian-related name if you're going to make Canada such a big joke. Brooke, Brooke, do you hear me right now? You do something about that, okay? I'm mad. I'm heated. You're heated. I'm gagging and not in a good way. Speaking of heated about season 11 things, let's talk about Sugarcane Sweet Dreams. So when I heard that Connie was going to go see Sugarcane, I said, why are you going to see Sugarcane? Because I thought that was a pretty good question. Sugar was such a nobody on this season. She she got, like, next to no actual time on anything and she didn't stand out really ever except for a few moments when she had a really good dress or that one moment when she got sent home for whatever reason for lip syncing against vanjie <laughs> yes for lip syncing against vanjie and winning the lip sync but getting sent home anyway yes so she kind of addressed her season but before we get to that let's talk about the actual show that she did before we just talk about her complaints which are important <laughs> yes uh so the show was another one of them Lori Beekman theater residencies she had three shows this past weekend 
And uh, yeah, it was a solo show, entirely solo, that like, uh, like, let's compare it to the most recent show we talked about before, like um, Shea Coulee's show, it revolved kind of around her upbringing and how she got into drag and her life. So basically the kind of beats you expect from a drag show about a drag queen that was on television but perhaps did not get to flesh out the character a lot. She, uh... I'm curious, did she address her age? Because yeah, she did. that was something that came up in the the first episode she, and I really liked how she handled that cutely. She she made cute jokes about her age. She she Reminder that she's, what, 40? 40. She's 40. Just a reminder. She's really good for 40. Yes. So... She, so, the the things that I come away from the show, uh, it was a combination of lip syncs and live singing. Um, this, unlike Shay, though, it le- leaned more lip sync than live singing. Uh, Sugar kind of just sings like a dude. Uh, not like Shay, where Shay has like a Nina S- Simone esque voice. Sugar just sings like a dude has a has like a master's in theater apparently uh she talks about you get uh you got in this show uh, a uh, more look into like the hispanic side of sugar that i felt you really didn't get in drag race much at all you absolutely did not see it i mean you knew that she was that she had that hispanic side that came out sometimes during say snatch game but you didn't actually see her it, use it that much because yeah. it was just never really talked about. It, it didn't reflect in her personality at all. Because nothing reflected about her, her pers- in that entire season. Yeah, and it, it, it was fun. Like, as, as a Hispanic person, just to see someone, like, she wasn't just BSing, like, her Hispanic dumb on television at all. She, she was legit. It felt like I was back home in Miami hearing people just talk mad smack about stuff <laughs> um i think what i enjoyed about the show a lot was that there was quite a bit of like banter with the audience she engaged the audience more than i've seen with the last few drag shows i've been to like more than miss uh miss cracker's show but definitely more than Shea goulet's show and it, it's fun like Drag queens live or die off their wit I, most of the time, unless they're a look queen. But it, it's fun to see she's just so witty and snappy. And actually, she has, like, quite... She's, like, very, like, filthy sense of humor, too. Like, you would have <laughs> not seen Drag Race. You would have known that she makes, like, a bunch of joke about, like, wanting dick and being thirsty. Like, granted, everyone makes jokes about that. But... It's 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 like a spice. It's an edge that you did not get from her at all. Which this is coming to the point that we were alluding to. She mentioned in the show that someone yelled out at some point, like, "Oh, uh, Sugar for All Stars," and she started talking about like, if they asked me now, I might need a few years to think about it before I did it. Because she herself acknowledged the invisible edit. Invisible edit came out of a drag queen's mouth. That was like so shocking to me. Like, I feel uh, usually if you're part of like 
the Voss brand, the World of Wonder trifecta. You don't talk bad about them, or you don't even approach something that could be talking bad about them. So it was interesting to see someone acknowledge how much they were gypped. And you feel it when you see her perform on stage just how much she was robbed of a personality and a uniqueness. It makes you wonder, did we end up seeing way too much Evie? I mean, well, yes, we saw too much Evie. No, we but... saw way too much Silky, if anything. But like... Well, I thought that we had a lot of emphasis on Evie throughout the season, too. But, like, it makes you wonder, who did we miss out on? What stories did we miss out on? And it's kind of sad to think that you had these people who stayed for a while, who did have a story, and you might have ended up liking them more if you heard it, but you never hear it. Yeah. And uh, another thing uh, worth mentioning, just that... that something that happened in the show that was interesting and also just proved the point of wow she really got robbed is that she played part of her drag race audition that got her into season 11 and that's such a fascinating thing to see someone's basically like demo reel that got them on the show and again so much character so much fun lots of diversity and outfits it was like her like lip syncing to a song about herself, like walking across the street and like literally posing in front of, I believe the Lacaloom here in the East side. It was like real funny and like real good. And all of that just for nothing because you didn't really get it on the show. I will add that she, another thing that I appreciated that, and if you're a Drag Race fan, you'd appreciate if she does this show near you, is that she actually gave some, like, story, like, she gave a story about her time on Drag Race, about something that I, that you may have thought about at some point. She told a story about how, you know how for the mini challenge, they're told to, like, get prepared for makeup in, like, 15 minutes? Of course. She said that, like, what one day she came in ahead of the game, and, like, I'm just gonna have my makeup mostly done already (laughs) and then she came in and all the girls were like what are you doing and then apparently when she went to do makeup it just like it did not help her at all if anything she said it made her look worse so it's it's funny just to see someone like trying to game drag race Mm -hmm. in a way that like you may have thought of before so it was definitely a show that i think you got more of her later life like she talked a lot about how she worked a corporate gig dropped out of that for drag and rather than like the growing up part uh if i had to critique she only rocked two outfits during the show and they were both like nightgowns i think it went with the themes like sweet dreams there was a bed on the stage and she occasionally like did a diary entry on the bed uh that thematic tie really didn't serve much of a purpose other than I guess you titled it Sweet Dreams you gotta you gotta have some sort of a tie I would have loved some more outfits wasn't the tightest of narrative arcs but I think it was still very worthwhile I think even more I'm sorry to say than Shea Coulee show and just how much personality you got just how much of a you unique perspective on this person like i feel like i learned so much more about this about sugar's personality about 
what drag means to her, what her life means to her, more than I have in like most drag shows I've seen. So with that, I'd say if you have any interest in seeing the perspective of a drag queen that perhaps was not particularly represented in their sh- in their season of drag race and you just want a fun high energy very positive hardly ever glum uh, drag show that's just very witty and just a a good all time then sugarcane Sweet Dreams may be the show for you if it comes to your area or if it plays in York again sometime soon. With that is our episode. I am Connie Lingus here with... Still some expletives that were just bleeped out. I definitely said something there. Also known as Parental Advisory Peter... Super special thank you to Miss Darling for their song, Young Lovers, that... Where are we using it, Peter? I I forget. Oh, that's right. The intro and outro of this podcast. And if you're listening on FM radio and you enjoyed, make sure to check out this episode and others on Apple Podcasts and apparently on YouTube. I didn't even know we were on YouTube. We're kind of everywhere. We're everywhere. If you just Google us, you'll find us. Maybe, hopefully. Listen to us everywhere, you know? You could you could listen to episodes more than once. Go for it. Sure. Thank you so much, and have a lovely evening.